10 Ways to Get Out of Your Own Way. Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find me over at choosetohaveitall.com. I've been procrastinating a little bit on doing today's episode, trying to wait for a fog in my throat to clear, but I'm several hours into my day at this point, and it's still not clearing. So um, you guys are going to have to bear with a scratchy throat a bit. Um, I also, before before diving into today's episode, just want to be really transparent that I did get some letters and inbox questions um, over the weekend in response to how do you um, help people who are depressed. Um, I got some letters from people who are also struggling with depression, looking for first steps and some guidance. And the topic of depression and how to help our loved ones with depression is really important to me to get right. I want to nail it if I'm going to do an episode for you. And it felt like I have to have more time to really organize and think through my thoughts and what I want to say about the topic. So I'm not skipping it. I'm not ignoring your letters. Anybody who wrote to me, I did write back to let you know that you can stay tuned for an episode probably just later this week. I just want to take a day or two to think about it because in all transparency, like it's a really confusing time right now for a lot of people. Um, You know, there's messaging out there to reach out and to check in with your loved ones if you haven't seen them, to ask how they are, but then you ask how they are and the the nature of the beast is they tell you that, that you're fine or people who are depressed reach out for help and nobody gives them the right help. It's really messy. And I think that the if we listen to our news feeds and we listen to the media, like there's a number to call and that it kind of ends there. Or there's one thing to do, reach out and tell somebody and it, end, it ends there. We need If we're going to talk about depression on this show, we need to do it with specificity. We need to do it with compassion and with empathy. And I need some time to get that conversation together. I, I hope you guys understand. I know you're used to me flying by the seat of my pants a little bit. But um, on that one, it is so important to me that I get it right, that I'm well thought out, that I include everything I want to say. And it's not one of those days where I get off the mic and I'm like, damn it, I forgot I also wanted to say this. Like, I just, I need to get it right for you. Um, so just please just grant me the grace and time to get it right for you. And then we'll have that episode and it'll be, um, you know, as they say on Must See TV, a very important episode. Um, but I was thinking about this weekend and thinking about how do I rebound with a podcast episode that makes sense, that's still respectful of what's going on and respectful of the tone and the mood of people when they're listening to things, especially for those of you listening to this in real time. Like we're talking about real things and real hurts and things that matter. And for some people, they're talking about it for the first time ever. They're saying it out loud for the first time ever. And one of the things that I think that, you know, suicide really illustrates for us is this idea that we have no idea what mental illness can do to somebody, how it can break their spirit, how it can fracture the lens through which they look at the world. There's so much that's out of our control when we're dealing with mental illness. But, you know, not everybody who's stuck and unhappy in their lives and immovable are mentally ill. Some people are just scared as shit to take the next step. And some people, like those people, are listening to this show. 
And if you're not struggling with mental illness and you're not struggling with depression and anxiety that needs clinical intervention and clinical treatment, then you have fewer excuses than the rest of those folks. Um, and you're just getting in your own way. And I was thinking about a productive way to get out of, you know, the conversation to turn it into something that's actionable, helpful, and hopeful is to give you a list of 10 ways you can get out of your way today. It's not an exhaustive list. I There's more to it. In fact, as I'm saying this out loud, you might find that if you go back a couple of months, I've already done this episode with a completely different list of things. But today I came up with the top 10 list. Um, I was watching David Letterman's um, My Next Guest on Netflix this weekend, so that might be why. Um, but here we go. 10 ways to get out of your own way. The first thing I want to talk about is getting crystal clear on your goal. I, I don't think that you can have a business training coaching session and not hear like, what is it you want? What is your why? What are you working for? And the reality is, is that we all know that step, but so many people skip that step. When I think about like, why I stayed burned out and miserable in my brick and mortar private therapy practice for as long as I did. It's because I said, ah, oh, someday I'm going to work with, you know, clients who want to take action on the things I say, you know, someday I'm going to build a business that isn't, you know, a hundred percent comprised of mental illness someday. Da, 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 da. And I just kind of had the someday thought. And I never put a specific picture on what it is I wanted to be different. I just was miserable at the time and, you know, threw out a someday thought as a way of calming myself and talking myself through the misery of the time. But actually, without specificity, without saying, and you heard me say this, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's um letter to her followers that she wrote. I read it on the last episode, not this. Sometimes it just starts with not this. Sometimes the next step is this is what I want it to look like. Because I think when I was in that burned out stage, all I said was, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this to be my life. I don't want to be making money, giving advice to people who aren't going to take it. And I didn't say instead, what I wanted. I think sometimes we fail to take action when we don't specifically own what we'd like to be done differently or what we would like it to look like differently or what better would look like or what not this would look like. And again, sometimes we're not going to know all the details. We're not going to be able to draw the picture, color it in, fill in all the spots, add all the details, but we have to create a picture of what it is we do want so we know what we're working towards. And then I, the next one is surround yourself with people who not only listen and get it, but act. I think sometimes it's really easy when life gets hard and we see all the obstacles and all the stressors to just kind of vent it out to be like, oh my God, this weekend this happened and then this happened and then that happened. Um, and we just talk to a girlfriend, we talk to our spouses, we talk like on social media, we share it in our news feeds, we, we vent it out, we stress it out, and then we move on. And we do it just to release the tension, just to like whatever's been built up, whatever's upsetting us, whatever's on our mind, we just kind of spill it out like verbal diarrhea. And for 10 seconds, we feel better because we've had the release of pressure and we've had the release of tension. 
but we're still in our own way. Just because we've talked about it, just because we've moaned and cried and complained about it doesn't mean anything's actually different. If you simply talk to people who listen to you, can hear you and validate you, get where you're coming from, but will also give you the boot and the butt you need to get going, you can get out of your own way. So often in conversations, like begets like. So we find other whiners and complainers, other victim players, other people who are miserable, other people who live their life by all the obstacles that are getting in the way of the life they really want. When what we have to do is find the people who see us, who really do know and get our struggle and validate it. Because I'm not saying whatever's bothering you isn't a real problem if you're not mentally ill. But what I am saying is your problem and talking about it isn't the solution. Nothing changes. So you have to, when you're venting, when you're talking, when you're problem solving, find the people who don't just sit in the shit with you, but will help you get out of it, who will get out of it first and give you a hand and like pull you up, like pull you out of it if they have to and if they can but you want your people to be people who want that for you because so often when you're in similar circles people like you to stay down because then they don't have to look at themselves they don't have to look at what in their lives aren't isn't working what in their lives they're unhappy with so you want to find people who want better for you and see you as capable of delivering it Next is one of the hardest things. Um, you got to ask for help. I can't even tell you my biggest pet peeve. I probably have told you actually. <laughs> my biggest, biggest pet peeve in the mindset space is people who have a question and stop at the freaking question. They don't know how they're going to do something or they have this idea, but they have no idea how they'd implement it. And they just get stuck and they tell themselves a story because they have a question and they don't have the answer to it. That must somehow mean they're not meant to deliver the answer. That, that must somehow mean it's not meant to be. That like having the question is reason enough to stop. That makes, it drives me mad. It just makes me crazy. In an age where everything is Googleable, everything is figure outable, you can Google the shit out of your life if you need to. So figure it out. <laughs> and the only way you can figure it out sometimes is if you ask for help. If you share your struggle with someone and say, I'm stuck. This is where I'm at. This is what I need. I don't know how to move forward. My inbox is filled every week with people who are asking me for help. How many other people listen to this show and don't ask for help? And you're still in the same damn situation you were the day you started listening to my show. How many people get free coaching on a Monday through Friday basis? The odds of you asking a question on a Monday and getting it answered by Wednesday are high. But you got to ask for help. And if not me, because I'm not like, don't ask me for tech help. Don't ask me for like, there's a lot I can't help you with. But find the people who have the answers to your question and ask for help. And then likewise brings us to the next one. You have to be willing to accept help. We're not supposed to have all the answers, 
We're not supposed to know all the things and be the experts and everything. And if we're lucky, we have people who say, hey, I see you're struggling. Hey, I see you're having a bad day. Somebody just reached out to me the other day on Facebook Messenger and pointed out that my cover art for my Facebook group is like a hot mess. And it is totally a hot mess right now. But she just reached out and said, hey, I saw that you're struggling. If you need help doing this, this is how you figure it out and gave me the directions for figuring it out. Also, I had to do is accept help. I didn't have to identify that I had a problem. I didn't have to go searching for it. Somebody offered help and I said yes to it. And I think sometimes we don't tune into the opportunities where someone is reaching out a helping hand and accepting that helping hand and recognizing that karma will find you and you will have that opportunity to help somebody back in return someday down the line. But when you don't know that and you think you have to do it yourself and you think that there's some sort of like... Uh, I don't know, glory and DIYing the whole dream or goal, whatever it is you have for yourself, you are setting yourself back like five freaking steps completely unnecessarily. If someone has an idea and says, hey, I see you're working on this or hey, you've talked a lot about, did you know, accept that help. Put the vulnerability down, put the embarrassment down and just say yes to it. And, you know, the next one, you've heard me talk about this on the show too, but it it bears repeating. Don't wait to feel confident to go after the life you want and the thing you want to do. Don't wait to believe you're capable of it. Don't wait until you feel good about it, until you're not scared about it, until it feels less risky. You are not going to feel more confident talking about wanting to feel more confident. And so many people don't take action on the changes they want to make in their lives, the dreams they have, the relationships they want to leave, the the places they want to move to, the businesses they want to start, the business decisions they need to make, the risks they want to take, because they, they think that like if they're worried about it, if they're nervous about it, if they're fretful about it, that must mean something. It means that they're not ready. It means that they're not good at it. Rather than recognizing we don't get confident at things until we actually do them. If I had waited to feel confident about moving to California, I would still be on an airport floor bathroom in Boston. Like, you don't feel confident until you do the thing sometimes. It's not going to feel comfortable, but it being uncomfortable isn't a reason not to do it. It's recognizing that sometimes by taking action, doing the thing that scares the crap out of you, doing the thing that you think you're probably going to fall flat on your face with and trying anyway can be the greatest thing. You know, like I talked to you guys about how a couple of years ago I lost a bunch of weight and I did it through a cardio kickboxing program. So then at some point I wanted to do like a real kickboxing class. And I just, the goal was just to go to one class to say that I did, and then I was going to go back to the safety of working at home. And it was just my little goal for one time. Well, I took a class at Saturday at 1030 after I didn't show for the first three Saturdays I said I was going to because I chickened out. But finally I like talked myself into the front door. I got myself there. 
And by like two o'clock that afternoon, I was in a sporting goods store buying boxing gloves because I was obsessed with kickboxing and boxing. And then when I started taking boxing classes, I was so scared. I thought like I was going to like be around all these machismo guys who were going to make fun of me and I wasn't going to be physically fit enough and it was going to be like this and it was going to be like that. I didn't feel confident. And in fact, I was kind of a hot mess my first several classes. But like I just, you know, I did it. And then once I saw what my body was capable of, what I was capable of, everything figured itself out. And I wasn't always perfect. And I messed it up more often. And I never had an actual sparring fight where like I'd actually risk getting hit for real because I didn't need to do that. I just wanted a really good, challenging physical workout. And I got that for myself. If I had waited to think that I was capable, I would have just remembered in the fourth grade when I was trying to run obstacles, you know, like the hurdles they do when they're making you run and how I tripped over every single hurdle and how at some point in time like the gym teacher like when we were doing our mile run told me I could just walk the rest of the way but it was time for the next class <laughs> like I I was never the physical physically fit person I never if you had waited for me to be like thinking I was capable of that those things never would have happened and I never would have figured out what my body was capable of but I was willing to risk looking foolish I was willing to risk not knowing I was willing to put myself out there be embarrassed be uncomfortable think that I was ridiculous for trying this in order to find what became like a new love of my life for a while I haven't boxed since I've been here in California but I can't wait to go back to it and if I had like waited till I thought I was capable, I just never would have gotten anywhere. So don't wait for confidence. Recognize that in doing the thing you didn't think you could do and starting the project you didn't think you could start, that's how you're going to find your confidence. It happens with your behavior, with your actions, with your choices. It doesn't happen with your words because I can't believe in you enough for the both of us. And you, and if you can't believe in you because you can't see yourself doing it, you have to do the thing. Um, next, I want you to think about breaking down your goal into steps and scheduling it in. It is so easy when you have a big, scary goal. If you're wanting to start a new business, if you're wanting to start dating and have a new personal relationship, if you're like putting yourself back out there in some way, shape or form, making a huge change, it's always overwhelming. It's always intimidating. It doesn't stop being intimidating. So the best way to do it is to organize yourself. Break down whatever it is you need to have happen into steps, like snackable size steps, realistic steps, and then put them into your schedule. I am doing this when. I am doing that then. And figure out when you're going to do each step because then you haven't just set a goal. You have made a decision. You heard me talk about that on the New Year's episode. Like, you know, I, I don't like resolutions. I don't like promises because I think that they're, you know, they're, they're too lofty. But like once you make that choice and you make a decision and it's been scheduled in because, you know, you followed step one and you got crystal clear on what it is you wanted, then you schedule it in and you figure it out and you decide when it's going to happen, what the deadline's going to be. You know, I remember when I was a mental health therapist, like this idea that people would set a quit day 
was like completely bonkers to me for like cigarette smoking or when they were going to start a diet or when they were going to start a new meal plan or something. I'd be like, well, if you've already made the decision to to do this, why are you like waiting? Aren't you just giving yourself time to change your mind? Like start today. You're thinking about it today. But the idea being that when it's in the schedule, you get to emotionally prepare yourself for it. You get to start thinking about what you're going to have to do, the steps you're going to have to take, like what you might need, what you don't need, it sets you up for way more success if you schedule it in and decide that it's happening for yourself. And that kind of gets linked to the next one. I am cheating a little bit because I feel like six and seven are a little bit of the same thing, but I did separate them out for the sake of my top 10. But it's the idea of saying it out loud, saying, I'm leaving this relationship. I'm going back to school. I'm going to learn how to eat healthy. I'm going to exercise three times a week. I am going to figure out a way to renovate my home on a budget. I am going to make time for myself for three hours each week. I am going to learn a new skill. Whatever the thing is, say it out loud. Because I think sometimes we just get caught in our heads. I can't even tell you how many times when I was like really unhappy with my business and my brick and mortar was making me batty. I just thought about it. I never told anybody. I didn't even identify out loud to myself that I was unhappy. But as soon as I said, I'm going to hire a business coach and I'm going to figure out how I can be happier with my business because this one is something that's making like it's sucking my soul. As soon as I said it out loud, it started to happen. I decided who I needed needed to reach out to, who I needed to ask for help from, and I figured it out. But until I took that step, it was just like, I just kept whining and moaning about it in my head and not actually ever doing anything. So like, there's like, there's this idea sometimes I think that like we don't do any of the steps because we don't know all the steps. So you never take action and you think like, oh God, I don't know how to go back to school. How am I going to afford that? Or, you know, I don't know how I'm going to plan a renovation of my house. How am I going to do that? Or I don't know. And we, we decide that because we don't know all the things, we don't do anything. But if you start to say it out loud and get it in, like you really set yourself up for success. Um, the next thing I want you to think about is probably my hardest lesson. Um, this is the one that I think hits the closest to home for me. And if you're going to get out of your own way, you have to stop being so damn selfish. I just want you to sit with that for a second, because for me, it was like a mic drop truth bomb moment when um, Jessica Lorimer was my um, bu- uh, my business coach at the time. She's a sales and leadership um, uh, expert based out of the UK, um, and she and I are running our business course together. But when I first met her, I was a client of hers, and I wasn't putting myself out there. I wasn't helping people at the level I could. I wasn't showing up for myself. And one of the things that she said is like, you're being really selfish. You're waiting for people to find you. You have a gift and you have a talent and you're not putting yourself out there and you're playing small. You have the ability to make a difference and you're choosing not to. Like, stop being so damn selfish. 
And I think sometimes when we're trying for personal development, when we're trying to be our best selves, we think of who we're going to inconvenience. Somebody's going to need to watch the kids. It's going to be really expensive. How am I going to find the time? And we think it's not worth it. But what we don't realize is that by taking care of ourselves, by putting the oxygen mask on ourselves, pursuing the thing that we care about, that matters, that we want, we make ourselves better for everybody. When we are taking care of ourselves, when we are doing things that matter to us, we are better husbands, wives, daughters, brothers, parents, partners, all of that. We are better at everything when we choose to put the oxygen mask on ourselves. Sometimes the thing we're not doing has the ability to affect tons of lives. Sometimes the thing we have the ability to do is only going to change our inner orbit. But how much does our inner orbit get richer and more rewarding and more loving and inclusive and happy when we're taking care of ourselves? So think about what the cost is of not doing this thing. And ask yourself if you're really willing to stop paying it. The next thing I was thinking about is I'm doing um, an impossible jigsaw puzzle right now. I've waxed poetic on the show about how I love my jigsaw puzzle. But right now I'm doing like a mandala um, uh, it's Elizabeth uh, McLean, I think. Um, I'm losing track of the artist, but there's a puzzle company that took her artisan um, stones, took a picture of it and turned it into a jigsaw puzzle. And this one's kicking my butt a little bit. And I was thinking about how like, I set myself up for success by doing the puzzle the way so many people do, right? Is I did the border first. So I got the quick win. I got the, um, you know, I got it, I got it set. I know what the frame of my puzzle looks like. And it's so easy to find the specific pieces, the flat edges, and you just feel like you've immediately accomplished something. I was just talking about this on Facebook with somebody last week. But some people just start with the hard part. Because they're so dreading the hard part that they don't get anything done. So it doesn't really matter. Pick the easiest thing to get the quick win or pick the hardest thing to get it out of the way. But pick something. Like, and that's the best way. Like some people say, just start, just do something, just, and I think sometimes people don't know what that looks like and how to make it more specific. So that's my version of making it more specific. Pick the easiest thing about this or pick the hardest part and just get going and just do it and see what happens next. Because once you start and once you take that first step, the second and third and fourth are so much easier because you've started and you have a place to look back on and you can like look back and see something. But when you're just talking about it and you haven't moved and you haven't had the hard conversation and you haven't made a plan to make the change, like you're just so stuck. So if you pick something, and I like the idea of picking the hardest thing or the easiest thing and seeing what happens next, you're on your way. Lastly, oh, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, wait, yeah, it is lastly. I did hit number nine. (laughs) My cheat sheet is betraying me at the moment. Um, the last thing, number 10, is probably the most important. And if you don't like 10 top 10 lists and you just want to focus on one thing, the best way to get out of your way is to just say yes. To look for the green lights, 
to look for the open doors, to look for and scan and see the possibilities, to see what's what's possible for you, where the opportunities are, where someone is saying, hey, you, I'm here, I'd like to help. Just say yes. If somebody is saying, I can do this for you, just say yes. If there's a way to get it done, just say yes. Don't get all caught up in the compromises and in the problem solving and in the details. Say yes first and then figure it out. I can't even tell you how many times I've gotten myself out of situations where I'm like, I don't know how this one's going to go, but I'm just going to say yes. And then you figure it out. But without the pressure of having said yes, you never figure it out. So that's where I leave you for today. Just say yes. Um, we're going to keep having the real conversations about things that matter. I know that this list is probably feeling a little superficial in the face of the things we're talking about, but I hope you have some actionable content out of it. I hope you can make a plan for where you're stuck. And if you can't get out of your own way, if you hear these 10 things and think I've completely missed the mark, I don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm missing a gigantic elephant in the room, then write to me. Tell me about your elephant. And I will tell you how to get it out of the room. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really, really was looking forward to talking to you guys again today. I think sometimes I need this show as much as you guys do. Find me over at Heather at ChooseToHaveItAll.com. That is, my friends, by the way, my outstretched hand offering help. I am also, too, putting a link to directly book in a session with me. If you want, at the end of this episode, I'm going to put it in the show notes so that if you do need my help and you do need my two cents in a more private way other than my podcast, podcast. This is me offering help to get you out of your way. Don't hesitate to take it if that would be helpful as well, because accepting help, by the way, is one of the lists on my top 10. Thanks so much for having this conversation. I'm going to talk to you guys next time. Bye for now.